This is the news from the Lord. Hello, America. This is Jeffrey Lord with another episode of the Did He Really Just Say That episode of The Word of the Lord. Let's talk about the latest attack from the left on a Fox News host. This time, it's Tucker Carlson. But first, by now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow, and now Mike Lindell has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop them. They're designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. They're made with My Pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, and they're made with quality leather suede. And I'm wearing a pair right now, and boy, are they comfy. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable that you will want to get some for the whole family. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener's square and use promo code JEFF. You will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and the MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-606-1043 and, as I said, use promo code JEFF. Now, you just can't make this stuff up. The other day, Fox's Tucker Carlson had the nerve, the nerve, to say this in a discussion with Mark Stein. The topic, replacement of voters in one culture with a population of new voters in another culture. Said Tucker, quote, and he's talking to Mark Stein here, quote, I'm laughing because this is one of about 10 stories that I know you have covered where the government shows preference to people who have shown absolute contempt for our customs, our laws, our system itself, and they are being treated better than American citizens. Now, I know that the left and all the little gatekeepers on Twitter become literally hysterical, and newsflash they did, if you use the term replacement. If you suggest that the Democratic Party is trying to replace the current electorate, the voters now casting ballots with new people, more obedient voters from the third world. But they become hysterical because that's what's actually happening, he says. Let's just say it, Tucker says, that's true. If you change the population, you dilute the political power of the people who live there. So every time they import a new voter, I become disenfranchised as a current voter. So I don't understand what we don't understand. Because, I mean, everyone wants to make a racial issue out of it. Oh, you know, the white replacement theory. No, no, no. This is a voting rights question. I have less political power because they are importing a brand new electorate. Why should I sit back and take that, he said. The power that I have as an American guaranteed at birth is one man, one vote, and they are diluting it. No, they are not allowed to do it. Why are we putting up with this? Unquote. Okay. As you can suspect, it was a matter of political nanoseconds before leftists started to go crazy. First up was the Anti-Defamation League in the person of its chief executive and national director, Jonathan Greenblatt. The headline of Mr. Greenblatt's remarks in the Washington Post was this, quote, ADL demands Fox News fire Tucker Carlson over anti-Semitic trope. This has deadly significance. Mr. Greenblatt told CNN's Brian Stelter that, quote, I think we've really crossed a new threshold when a major news network dismisses this or pretends like it isn't important. This has deadly significance, unquote. Also on CNN was my former CNN colleague and anchor Don Lemon, whom I know and like, with a similar attack on Tucker, said Don, quote, We got to talk about what's happening over on the propaganda network, the Fox propaganda network. 
I don't concern myself with what the other guys are doing. But let me tell you why I'm doing this, because this is the mainstreaming of white supremacist propaganda to your neighbors and your family members. And it's coming from Tucker Carlson, who is promoting the so-called replacement theory. Theory is really too good a word for it. It's a lie. The lie that liberal elites <coughs> excuse me, are plotting to replace the white population with immigrants of color. Unquote. Okay, stop here a second. I have to say, hearing from someone on CNN, of all places, refer to any other network as a, quote, propaganda network, unquote, when CNN itself has made it a point in the Trump years to remake itself into the official liberal state propaganda network, spewing all kinds of left-wing fantasies like the myth of Trump-Russia collusion, is, to say the least, knee-slappingly, laugh-out-loud funny. But let's stick with the business of replacement theory. What Mr. Greenblatt and Don Lemon were separately saying is that to oppose the replacement of one culture or set of voters with another is both racist and anti-Semitic. Got it. Ah, but wait. With an almost blissful unawareness, neither Jonathan Greenblatt or Don Lemon seem aware that the staunchest opponents of replacing populations with the other, quote-unquote, are, yes, indeed, people with names like... Huh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Senators Bernie Sanders and Cory Booker, and, you can't make this up, the lefty filmmaker Spike Lee, an African-American. They are progressives, one and all. Say what? Yes, indeed, all of these dastardly people, and oh, so many more, progressives, one and all, are staunch opponents of a replacement theory known as gentrification. What is gentrification? It's described in a Quillette piece that was headed, yes, indeed, this way. Why do progressives hate gentrification? Let me read you one small excerpt from their story. Quote, the word gentrification was coined in 1964 to describe the influx of wealthy newcomers into low-income inner-city neighborhoods, resulting in rising property values, changes in neighborhood culture, and displacement of original residents. Though gentrification predates the modern era, it has only become the target of criticism in recent decades as cities like Washington, D.C., Atlanta, and Boston have witnessed rapid transformations. Opponents of gentrification have ranged from residents directly affected by it to wealthy college students directly responsible for it, as well as prominent Democrats such as Bernie Sanders, Cory Booker, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The article goes on to say critics of gentrification give two main reasons for their opposition. One, wealthy newcomers drive up monthly rents, thereby displacing original residents. And two, rapid change to neighborhood culture represents an injustice to original residents. Both critiques are magnified by the presumed skin color of the gentrifiers and the gentrified, who tend to be white and black or Hispanic, respectively. Unquote. The same article reports this of the famously left-wing writer Ta-Nehisi Coates. Quote, The following passage from Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, We Were Eight Years in Power, is representative. I know that gentrification is but a please, more pleasing name for white supremacy, he writes, is the interest on enslavement, the interest on Jim Crow, the interest on redlining compounding across the years, and these new urbanites living off that interest are, all of them, exulting in a crime. To speak the word gentrification, he says, is to immediately lie." Unquote. Which is to say, exactly as Tucker Carlson is saying, progressives believe 
gentrification is all about, quote, importing a brand new electorate, uh, electorate, unquote, and diluting, quote, the political power of the people who live there, unquote, which is to say they believe gentrification is all about diluting the political power of progressives. And apparently, unbeknownst to Jonathan Greenblatt and Don Lemon, progressives are flatly opposed to this. Here is Representative Ocasio-Cortez tweeting on the subject, quote, Gentrification represents a potent issue at the intersections of economic, social, and racial justice. It's about political corruption, foreclosure, and rising rent, criminal justice, immigration, organizing, and more. Addressing it in a time when it's considered taboo is powerful, unquote. Well, I'll be AOC, Shades of Tucker Carlson. Over there in New York Magazine was this. Spike Lee's amazing rant against gentrification. We been here. Now, first, before I read you an excerpt of Spike's thoughts, this being a family podcast, I will have to clean up his language. Mr. Lee is obviously addicted to various words that do not make the grade here as worthy of a Word of the Lord podcast. So be aware that I will simply cite the letters of the words he has used and which were reprinted in Uncensored Fullness in New York Magazine. Among the things the famous lefty filmmaker was ranting about in his expletive-filled seven-minute rant are as follows. <clears throat> Quote, then comes the M.F. Christopher Columbus syndrome. You can't discover this. We've been here. You just can't come here and bogart. There were brothers playing M.F. African drums in Mount Morris Park for 40 years, and now they can't do it anymore because the new inhabitants said the drums are loud. My father's a great jazz musician. He bought a house in 19MF68, and the MF people moved in last year and called the cops on my father. He's not, he doesn't even play electric bass. It's acoustic. We bought the MF house in 1960MF8, and now you call the cops in 2013? Get the F out of here. I mean, they just move in the neighborhood. You just can't come in the neighborhood. I'm for democracy and letting everybody live, but you got to have some respect. You just can't come in when people have a culture that's been laid down for generations, and you come in and now S got to change because you're here. Get the F out of here. Can't do that. Unquote. Wow. Spike Lee is Tucker Carlson on steroids. Who knew? To the point here, by Don Lemon and Jonathan Greenblatt's standards, Spike Lee and Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez are, yes indeed, racial bigots and anti-Semites. In fact, progressive opposition to replacing populations and cultures with accompanying political changes is common, very common. From New York to Seattle, from Washington, D.C. to Detroit, to support the essence of exactly what Tucker Carlson is saying about attempts to replace one culture with another is progressive doctrine de rigueur. In Los Angeles and around the country, progressive protests against gentrification and replacement of one culture with another have even turned violent, as reported in the Huffington Post. The HuffPost headline, quote, A new generation of anti-gentrification radicals are on the march in Los Angeles and around the country. Perhaps the best places to look for signs of growing national momentum, however, are Chicago and Austin, Texas, unquote. And that HuffPost story reports this, quote, 
In fact, the February 7th event, this was from a year or two ago, looked like the same sort of grassroots anti-gentrification gathering that might have taken place in any big American city at any point over the past 10 years as higher-income transplants have increasingly colonized lower-income urban communities, remaking once marginalized neighborhoods in their own cold brew and kombucha image. But this one was different. That's because it was organized by Defend Boyle Heights, a coalition of scorched-earth young activists from the surrounding neighborhood, the heart of Mexican-American Los Angeles, who have rejected the old peaceful forms of resistance, discussion, dialogue, policy proposals, and decided that the only sensible response is to attack and hopefully frighten off the sorts of art galleries, craft breweries, and single-origin coffee shops that tend to pave the way for far more powerful invaders, the real estate agents, developers, and bankers whose arrival typically mark a neighborhood's point of no return. As a result, like like-minded groups in other cities, the article says, Chicago, Austin, and New York, have adopted the same hardline tactics. Their ranks are small, and their methods are controversial, even within the communities they purport to defend. But their members are drawn from the most politically radical, economically anxious generational cohort in recent memory. That would be young millennials of color, and their cause has the makings of a national movement, a new, more militant war on gentrification. Neighborhoods from Fort Greene in Brooklyn to the Mission District in San Francisco have become wealthier and whiter in the process, unquote. So you got that? Young activists, quote unquote, from, quote, the heart of Mexican-American L.A., unquote, are bound and possessed to not allow their culture and population be replaced by the other, that other defined as white invaders, quote-unquote. And that reference to New York's Fort Greene and Brooklyn, over there in the Jewish press, there is this, quote, anti-gentrification groups will continue to target the Jewish community for hate and harassment, unquote. Which is to say, progressives in those anti-gentrification groups are in fact engaged in serious anti-Semitism. And where is Mr. Greenblatt when there is real and serious anti-Semitism in action? No word. Better, apparently, for Mr. Greenblatt, uh, and I should note he's a one-time operative in both the Clinton and Obama administrations, to falsely accuse Tucker Carlson than actually do something about real anti-Semitism. Not to be left out of this scurrilous, scurrilous attack on Tucker is ex-Bush 43 aide turned Washington Post columnist Michael Gerson. Mr. Gerson penned a column for the Post, the paper that is the very embodiment of identity politics, a.k.a. the son of segregation. Gerson, with that same blissful unawareness as the rest of the Tucker critics, says Tucker's opposition to replacement is, quote, a putrescent pile of racist myths and cliches, unquote. Trumpism, asserts Mr. Gerson with utter innocence, is, quote, an argument in favor of cultural purity and social hygiene. Alrighty then, Michael Gerson has just said all those progressives around America fighting gentrification are, you guessed it, really fighting for cultural purity and social hygiene. Progressive opposition to gentrification equals racism, Mr. Gerson accidentally admits. Duly noted, Michael. Look, the bottom line here is Tucker Carlson has spoken an obvious truth. No matter the players, when one group or culture settles inside another and proceeds to try and change that culture, changing the political dynamics along the way, there is bound to be opposition. 
the Democratic Party is in fact deliberately seeking to do this with illegal immigration, doing it exactly to make red states blue in their obsessive quest for political power. But at the same time, as if to prove Tucker's point exactly, the real opposition to taking over a local culture and changing it completely, both culturally and politically, is coming from progressives around the country. Yet not a word that these progressives are racist or anti-Semitic. Imagine that. Let's end by being crystal clear. Tucker Carlson is no white supremacist or anti-Semite. For those of us who watch his show, the charge is ridiculous on its face. But it is not the slightest exaggeration to say that Tucker's critics are clearly oblivious that one progressive after another in cities across the land are indeed staunch opponents of gentrification and cultural and political purity. All you have to do is ask Spike Lee. And that's the latest word of the Lord. Please come and visit my The Jeffrey Lord website, and I'll see you again.